All right, welcome to our Instant Reaction podcast to preseason week number three. If you're listening in podcast form, uh, you can catch us live on YouTube, you can catch us live on uh, Twitch, and you can catch us live on Twitter, all at the Pat's Pulpit handle there. So, uh, Matt, I'll tell you what, man, it was not much good to take out of this game. It was an ugly, ugly game on Friday night. Yeah, there was a point kind of in the second half of this game too, especially after the zappy interception where you start getting that feeling in your throat like, wow, this is a, a blowout. Uh, you get that feeling in your gut. like it, it felt like that that Sunday night game in the middle of the season that you're hyped up for, and then right. midway through the third quarter, it's not competitive anymore. Ugh. And obviously, it's preseason, so it's a little bit of a, a, it's a little bit dramatic, but things could, <laughs> things could have been a lot better tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah. And for the second week in a row, the starting offense goes out there against the backup defense. And that is that's a that's not just concerning, that's alarming because you know, I get that they're all NFL players and some of these guys won't be NFL players, you know, come come next week, but you know, I get that everyone's an NFL player and they're all talented, but like at a certain point, you would hope at least that, you know, that like they would be able to move the ball a little bit and you know, they're just not doing it. And that's just, man, it is so frustrating to watch. Yeah. And the part that's almost even more alarming is that when they are moving the ball, it still looks really difficult. They're having to go to fourth downs against a backup defense They're they're and they're taking that extra play because they're shooting themselves in the foot on one of them. It seems like, Kind of on both sides of the ball right now. You can count on once per set of downs, the team's going to shoot itself in the foot somewhere. Yeah, 100%. And, and, yeah. and it's somebody different every time, which is both as, as a double-edged sword. It's a positive and it's a negative. It's a positive in that most of the players, most of the time, are still doing the right thing. Right. But it's just a communication and cohesion thing where they just – you can't get everybody on the same page at the same time. So – with two weeks left of practice until the first regular season game, there's going to be a lot of, all right, we got to tighten things down. I did think there were some good aspects of the offense. I thought there were st- some things that looked good that they could say, all right, first month of the season, we can rely on this. We can go to this. We can go to this. And I, I think there was, there's no game planning tonight, too. They're not trying to attack anything on this Raiders defense. So you go down to Miami week one, and it, it should look different. If it looks the same, then there's a, a huge problem. Absolutely. And, and you know, you're playing the Raiders later on this year, so you're certainly not giving them anything game plan wise. Um, you know, and then it, it it is just tough. I mean, you know, the big difference between I've always hated the stretch. I've always hated the stretch play. And I know they call it zone run, you know, outside zone, but it's the stretch. And that's what it is. Everyone's moving in one direction, right? The big difference between that and just a regular power run is that if the backside guy misses his block, it's blown up in the backfield, right? And so, you know, you're like, well, of course, that's true in a power run too. It is. But the difference is, is that it's not a communication issue. It's like, hey, you're here. That guy's there. Just block him. It's not anything crazy. Just block him, right? And if you're on the backside too in a zone run, it's just get in the way. You're not going to be the focal point. Just Get in the way for a second so that the running back has the two options that you need to make his own play work. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, there was one play, and, and Zolak kind of showed it, highlighted it, and, you know, Unwenu just completely whiffed on his block, and, and it wasn't really even because he was trying to block the guy. It was like he was moving to the right. Everyone's going to the right. That's fine. But you kind of still, like, get in that guy's way, and he just didn't, and it, the play got blown up. And you can see the hole is wide open. It's a massive hole. But because on when it wasn't on the same page and doesn't block that guy, it gets blown up for no gain or even a loss of one instead of being a 15-yard gain, which it could have been. And who knows, Ramondre makes a guy miss, and it could be a 30-yard gain, right? So it's things like that that will get cleaned up but you would hope at least, but the hard thing is that with this offense and the way that they're running the running game now, it's challenging. It's not easy to do. And I have serious concerns about on when, you know, being able to run it. He just, he, he's a big guy. He's a big yeah. mauler who doesn't necessarily move super well. You know, I'm starting to wonder if this isn't the best, you know, if this is the best offense for him. And if it isn't, you know, shoot, it'd be kind of nice if we had, you know, if only we had a really good left guard, you know, just I mean, say like a pro bowler, like, you know what I mean? Like not that they've had Those are hard like to come past, by, though. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> if they had a guy like that, it would make this transition a lot easier. And hey, they, if they even spent a first round pick on a guard who they love, yeah, maybe that would have worked out, too. And then they'd be all set at guard. And then maybe even on one who could go to right tackle instead of instead of left guard. So. But, you know, it's just that that's the type of stuff that's super frustrating. And then you wonder, like, are you trying to shove this offense in and maybe even some of these offensive linemen don't fit in right here, you know? Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's interesting because when they, when they were doing inside zone and when they were doing power run tonight, it looked fine. No yep. issues with it. They were getting stuff. Um, but I, the first, first outside zone run of the, run of the night. It's the second play of the game for that Pats offense, and you get a big loss. But then you look 10 yards down the field, and you've got, I think it was Strange and Trent Brown there on the left side on a combo block where they pushed somebody back 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. And it's like, all right, you got those guys that are clearly doing something right. It's And it's not a technique or a power issue. Like, these guys are executing it perfectly. It's just one guy misses a block or two guys miss a block or something like that, and it's making the whole thing not work. Which, once you condense the team and you make your cuts and you're down to right. 53, if there's less guys in the room, in theory, it should make it a little bit easier. They're going to be going against the starters every day in practice. And you know that there's a regular season game. Hopefully, things start to gel a little bit more. But yeah, we haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to hit the panic button. No. Because these games don't matter yet. They right. matter in terms of they tell you where you are. But this is, this is a quiz. And we don't have our first test for two weeks. Exactly. I agree with you. And, and I'll say, you know, I'll even go a little further. Like, you know, Taylor Kyles, right, said, I'll be patient till till Thanksgiving. Right. Which I think is which I think is a great barometer because you're installing a new offense. Right. You're bringing in a ton of new pieces on defense. And, you know, you have a ton of new coaches. Right. So so you look at it and say, all right, listen, let, let's give it and Belichick. We know that Belichick has typically taken his time and his team start playing better as the season goes on, right? That's been the at way least, it's been forever. At least right? when when the teams are good, they That's they progress the season goes along. <laughs> that is correct, yes. Yeah. And so and so we'll see, right? We'll see. But but this is gonna be something that, yes, they have to clean up, and the hope is that they can clean it up sooner 
rather than later. Again, the games don't count right now. So it's not the end of the world, but you know, it is kind of indicative of, of what's going on right now. And it's, you know, and it's a problem and it's not just the offense, the defense tonight looked really bad. And there was, again, the backup D the backup uh, offense against the first team defense. And you're just like, what is going on now? The one silver lining I will throw out there is that you're going against Jared Stidham and you're going against, you know, Josh McDaniels. And so you're looking at, they know what you're doing defensively. They know. They understand. They were here for a long time. They know what's going on. So at the and you're not game planning, right? So at the very least, okay, these two guys know your know your offense in know your defense inside and out. And so they're able to kind of take advantage of some of those things. Do you want to see that happen? Of course not. But you can at least understand how that might happen. Um, but you know, it's still it still wasn't very good from the first team defense. No. And you had, I mean, you just had guys whiffing or doing dumb things. Because, I mean, I was looking at the end of the game, I'm looking at my list and I'm thinking, there's, I don't know, 10 defensive players where I thought they played well tonight. I was impressed with it. And then you look at the complete picture and it's like, well, the defense didn't play well. Because you had good individual performers. But I think one of the problems we saw regularly with the defense, it almost felt like too many guys were trying to make plays on tackles. You'd see guys over committing a little bit, which hopefully calms down with time. Um, was that Jabril Peppers hit, which was yeah. definitely a penalty, but also I think a little bit unlucky. I don't think he was trying to lead with his head. It was just kind of an awkward angle. Right. Uh, and I think he had great energy. I, I thought Raekwon McMillan played well. I think, I don't know if Josh Uche is playing his way out of a roster spot, but we're seeing all of the we're seeing all of the positive we've seen, but we're seeing all of the negative too. He was dominant yes, at points on the pass rush, but that first touchdown run the Raiders had, he and Mills both overcommitted inside and got caught out of position. You're left with one guy trying to, to run with a running back to the the pylon. Yeah, and, and that's the issue with Uche to begin with, right? Is that and the argument, of course, is that if we have one guy on the roster that's just a pass rusher, it's not the end of the world. And I agree with that. I listen, I understand that. I don't know if Bill Belichick does. I don't know, right? I don't know if he does. I don't know if he's gonna look at it and say he gives us nothing against the run, but he's good against the pass. Chase Winovich was that guy. Look what they did with Chase Winovich. They didn't play him and they shipped him out. So yeah. you know. And, and Uche brings more than t- to the table, I think, you know, from a from a pass rushing perspective than Winovich did. But still, it, it just it doesn't work here for guys that don't play the run. And so that's my biggest concern with Josh Uche. Yeah, and it's so I'm a I'm a Michigan football fan, so I saw a lot of him there. And yeah. I mean, the one thing he has never in the his history of playing football, he's never been a three down player in high school. He was a pass rusher. At Michigan, yep. he was a pass rusher who played off the line linebacker at points. So, I mean, that's part of this. He's he's still young, and he's obviously still raw. And you're, I mean, you pick him, you're hoping you can develop that. It hasn't worked so far, right? I did. I did hope coming out of Michigan that they could develop him off the line a little bit. I think with his speed, he's a guy who could do some of the stuff Mac Wilson does, play him off the line, see if he can get those instincts going so he's not getting blown off. But I just – I don't think he has the awareness or the instincts in the running game, which yeah. means I don't know if you can have him on the field in any position where that's likely. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. The one guy I will say, and I keep saying it, and I'm gonna keep saying it. I tweeted out already. Jelani freaking Devai drives me crazy. Drives me crazy, and I know I'm not alone. I know I know a lot of people out there don't like him. I don't like him. I'm sure he's a great person, but like you know, don't like to see him on the field, right? So it's one of those issues for me that he just and I thought you said it so perfectly. He is just perfectly average. He's just average. He's fine. He's okay against the run. He's fine against the pass. He's a meh player who also plays special teams. But that is not like the issue that I have. And what I tweeted out is that he's going to, he's going to make the roster over a young, talented guy. And it's going to, it's going to drive me nuts. It's going to make me furious because that guy is not giving you anything that you can't get. He's a replacement level player at best. And so if I can find a guy and listen, I, I know we don't want to keep a ton of defensive linemen and we'll talk about some of these guys, but there's, there's guys on the defensive line that are playing their asses off right now and look like actual players that can contribute for you. And I just don't see why I don't understand what Jelani Devai brings to the table that Mac Wilson and Cameron Garone do not. I just don't see it. I don't. And there's nothing there that I see. And I think more importantly, I, I don't I don't think he brings you anything that Raquan McMillan doesn't bring. McMillan right. is just as good on special teams, just as good against the run very similar size player with better athleticism and better instincts. Right. Uh, I don't, you know, yeah, I, I think to me, Tavai is a high level practice squad player. He's going right. to be your first backup at linebacker. The first guy you call up because he does things well. And I, I think there's a good argument for him over McGrone at this point, even though I like McGrone, I just don't think he's shown that much, but I don't know. I mean, I would take Demarcus Mitchell over him. Um, one guy who I did not expect to be impressed by tonight, but I was, and which is going back to the other side of the ball, it's Matt Sokol. thought he looked mm-hmm. better. I thought he looked aggressive after the catch, which I liked. And he had a pair of uh, tackles on special teams. He was really involved. Had there. a real hard like, hit on special teams too. Yeah. Yeah. He he and uh, Schooler combined for a nice tackle at one point. And it's like, all right, I'd rather keep a guy like that, especially if, I mean, right. Asi Asi is not making this team. He didn't even play tonight with that injury. I'll take Sokol as a third tight end over a fifth linebacker who's going to play in goal line situations, especially if they both play special teams. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. So let's just hope for all of our sanity that July Divide doesn't make the team. Um, yeah. And we'll see. You know, we'll see kind of how that goes. But it is interesting. You kind of get down to the to the end of the roster, right? And, you know... And you start looking at it and you start asking yourself, like, who are these guys that are going to make the team, right? Josh Bledsoe is a name that, you know, when training camp started, I'm like, this guy's everywhere. He's making plays left and right. He's, you know, he's knocking balls down. He's picking passes off. He's everywhere. And then you get to the preseason and you get to, you know, uh, uh, training camp and, um, sorry, joint practices, and he's silent. You don't hear anything about him. You don't see him do anything on the field. He's not. He had. He had, did have that one forced fumble in the first preseason game. But he just like he hasn't made an impact at all, right? And so on on a safety, you know, in a safety grouping that I think might be their strongest overall grouping on the entire team, you start looking at it and saying, okay, well, there's four guys they're a hundred percent going to keep, unless there's some crazy, you know, Jabril Peppers gets cut or something like that, which I think would be nuts. But like, you know, maybe something crazy happens. But to me, it's like Josh Bloodso was a guy that I was pretty confident was going to make the roster. And now I'm looking at kind of like, 
I don't know if he's gonna, and and I don't know if they'll have much of a problem sneaking him on the practice squad, even if he doesn't yeah. make the team. Exactly. I have him. I was doing a little roster projection before we came on here, and I have him as like my fifty fifth, fifty sixth guy. Right. Just he's definitely on the outside looking in for me right now. And honestly, the other part of that is that as things stand right now, I think this team's keeping six safeties. If you're counting Cody Davis and Brendan Schooler there, and I think they're keeping both of them. Like it or not, I think they're keeping both of those yeah. guys. Oh, they want I the special it. teamers. And yeah. Bledsoe isn't as good on special teams as Davis or Schooler, right. and he isn't as good on defense as the other four. So even if he makes this team, he's not he's not playing unless somebody gets hurt. That's correct. That is definitely correct. And look, I do think I think that Schooler makes the team. I think he's done enough. I think he could be that, you know, next quote unquote like special teams ace player. I don't I don't Cody Davis, to me, I don't see why we're doing that. Like, I just don't. And I understand, like, I get it, Bill. Like, I understand what Bill does, and he wants special teams. I understand all of that. But, like, there's enough guys that can play that give you flexibility elsewhere. DeMarcus Mitchell's a guy. So, I think, in my opinion, if I were the one choosing the roster, I would have Schooler and DeMarcus Mitchell on the team. And I might even put be putting Lil Jordan Humphrey on the team as well because – they get they're giving you practice. They're giving you special teams reps, right? They're giving you that. And they're guys that play at positions that and listen, I think D line, I've been just incredibly impressed with their entire D line. Jeremiah Farms had a great night tonight, too. So had a, had some really nice run stuff. So, you know, they have some depth about, along the defensive line as well. But these are guys that, you know, you have struggled at that position for years to bring in real talent. You went out and paid a ton of money for Matthew Judon, who's very good. But you like, and then you spent a second round draft pick on on Christian Barmore, and you spent a bunch of money on on Godshaw, right? So you now you start looking at it and saying like, okay, now we have this influx of young talent, right? With Farms and Ray and Mitchell and Sam Roberts and and it's like it, you it can't just let all those guys too. walk, right? The, so Kowalis looked good. Yes, and he has two, right? So now he the good thing about him, the good thing about him, good. Is, <laughs> I know is he suspended, right? That's like the best thing that could have happened for him because he doesn't have to worry about the fifty-three man roster. That he's going to yeah. be on the team no matter what because they don't have to cut him, right? They can keep yeah. him, and then okay, once the suspension runs out, well now if he's above fifty-three and they got to cut someone. Maybe it ends up being him that gets cut. Who knows, right? But like, yeah. at he least he doesn't have to worry two about weeks to survive. exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, and it's really with the cuts happening on Tuesday, it's like an extra three, four weeks. It really is. Yeah, it really is. And, yeah. and that's you know, and even like so, Taekwon Thornton's a, a great example. Thornton's on the roster, obviously, mm-hmm. but they can't put him in IR yet, so he has to get through that initial fifty-three. Well, Equality doesn't have to has doesn't care about that. Doesn't matter to him, right? Because it's like okay, fine, but he's not going to cut me. Because they don't have to, right? So that's where it becomes difficult. The Patriots have to make those challenging decisions. And it's like on a position like that where you haven't had that like top-end talent, yeah, these guys are raw. Sam Roberts is super raw. I get it. Like I understand. They're not like, you know, they're not going to be Aaron Donald right now. Probably Aaron Donald's a bad example because they're never going to be that guy. But like, you know, they're not Chris Barmore right helmets now. helmets out there. Right. Yeah, right. They're not Christian Barmore right now. You know what I mean? Like that's fine. But they could develop into good players. You can see it right now. And if you, you know, if you only keep one out of four of those guys, 
then, you know, that those guys walk away and maybe you don't get those, some of those guys back. And it's like, now you're in the same boat you were before. So, you know, and we're keeping Jelani Tavai or Cody Davis instead of one of those guys. And it's like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. It's interesting. And one of the guys who didn't even mention too was uh, Henry Anderson, who yeah, I, I have him off my 53 at this point, not because I think he's bad, but because, there's only so many spots and you can't right. justify giving him a spot for some of the other guys they have on that line. And that's, I mean, I have a roster here without Tavai making the team and it still has them keeping Godshaw, Barmore, Guy, and Ray, and uh, Wise, Demarcus Mitchell. Those are kind of your defensive linemen right. with Judon, Uche, and Anthony Jennings. You can all play the edge there. Penny, And you're still cutting right. some good guys in that situation and that's with no Tavai and no Anderson. So, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. And that's, yeah. you know, you're going to have to do it. And now, of course, you know, one other thing we got to talk about now is the Ty Montgomery injury. And that looked like a pretty nasty injury, right? Yeah. We, have, but we, then again, we don't have an update on this at all yet, do we? No update. Just that it was an ankle injury. And then he obviously wasn't coming back. Carted off. Yeah. Couldn't cu- couldn't walk off under his own power. But it's hard to know, right? Sam Darnold went down. It looked really bad. Thought it was a broken ankle. It was a high ankle sprain, right? So, mm-hmm. like, you don't really know until you know right and so if it's a broken ankle yep he's on ir and he's done if it's a high ankle sprain well he's now he's on the 53 right and now you got another running back that you're in the same situation you're in with tyquan thornton where it's like he's got to be on the 53 man roster even if he's not going to play even if he's going to end up on ir and be out the first four weeks it doesn't matter he's still going to be on the initial 53 right so it doesn't open up another roster spot that's why you know people talking about taekwon thornton oh it opens up a roster but no it doesn't it doesn't open up a roster spot it opens up a potential roster spot down the road but not on the 53 man roster and if you're worried about you know little jordan humphrey getting claimed by someone else you can't cut him right so that that becomes that's the challenge you know and i i think that's where i'm looking at this because i have thornton and montgomery on my 53 man and it's all right that means he might cut Haran and then sign him back after you might cut James Ferentz and then bring him back after if they want to bring him back um, or that's okay. I think you don't you have to worry about either of those guys getting claimed so yeah yeah I will say also I think they're running I tweeted about this too I think the running back room is so interesting right now it's the guy we're seeing get the most look the third running back or the next guy up right now is Jay. oh nope Oh boy, we lost you for a second there, Matt. I'm not sure what happened, but uh, he was going to say JJ Taylor. It sounds like, and JJ Taylor is that kind of that third guy up right now, right? And so you wonder if I'll put him down here, and then we'll see if uh, we'll see if it comes back. But anyways, uh, JJ Taylor is that guy that that you see, right? And so I um, I really wonder, right, what's going to happen there, and and this now could be really interesting now. If Ty Montgomery is hurt, right now, this opens up JJ Taylor. I didn't think JJ Taylor would make the team, but it does. Uh, you know, it does kind of look like that might be the case if Ty Montgomery is hurt. I thought, you know, JJ at this point kind of doesn't know. You know, we don't really know what he's going to do, right? And Austin brings up a good point about, you know, about the Pats' offense and the running back is is always a question, of course. You know, Austin Eat Sleep Fantasy over there uh, is always talking about, you know, fantasy aspects and whatnot. And it's totally true. Like, you never know. You never know who Bill is going to play each week. Uh, it's not it's not a sure thing. And so fantasy wise, you just you're just not sure. So but 
if that Ty Montgomery injury is real and and oh, and uh, and season ending, that uh, that could certainly open up open up a a spot for JJ Taylor. And Matt is back. There he is, Matt. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I lost internet for a second there, <laughs> so I don't know where I cut out in that. But you were talking I, about I don't... you started saying JJ Taylor was the third back, and then um, and then you and then I took over from there. So and now he's gone again. Oh boy, this is this is bringing back like Spags flashbacks when Spags would always lose service and he'd have to go move to another room. Um, so all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him down again and we'll see what happens. So, but anyways, but so there there is serious questions about what's um kind of what's moving forward for the Patriots and certainly at that running back room and, and I'm interested to see. It looks like you're back now. We'll see what happens, but um I'm interested to see kind of that Kevin Harris that Kevin Harris and Pierre strong Kevin Harris had a heck of a game, right? And then puts the ball on the ground at the end of the game. And, and not only that, but it is 33 yard run or 30, however many yard run he gets hit and the ball comes out. Now, of course it ended up being the ball was on the ground. So, you know, ground causes the fumble. So it wasn't a fumble, but still you want to see him hold on to that ball, no matter what, even if it doesn't count. Right. And so two fumbles tonight, of course, one of them, you know, caused by the ground, but still, that's not great for a sixth or for a whatever fifth round pick or whatever pick he was, whatever draft pick he was. It's not great for a guy that's trying to make yeah. the roster. So, it, uh, serious question mark on him, yeah. too. Yeah. And I liked Kevin Harris. Kevin Harris is a guy who has really high upside. He just has injury issues and fumble issues. But he's right. a guy who would have gone way higher than D th- uh, day three, I think, without that stuff. I, agree. Um, I, I, yeah, I have no idea what this running back room is going to look like on. The first second weekend in September. Yeah. No, and that's the thing, is that that's the hardest part is you don't know. And look, I think Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, we know that. I thought Ty Montgomery was a shoe in to be that third guy, to be that third down back, that receiving back out of the backfield. He looks so smooth doing it in camp, man. He looked great. And now if he's hurt long term, now you look at it and say, Was well, can JJ be that guy? He hasn't been. He hasn't shown the ability to be that guy at all at the NFL level. So then the question is, do you trust that he can do it now? And so I don't know. Will they? Will they? Will they not? I don't know. You can't You can't cut strong. You certainly can't cut strong because he went way too early. He's going to get picked up. Kevin Harris, you might be able to sneak through to the practice squad, but even still, some of the runs that you saw from him in the preseason and even in training camp, I've been impressed with his ability to, you know, and he has that kind of second gear that it doesn't look like he has it. And all of a sudden he takes yeah. off and you're like, okay, this kid, this and kid can gets, move. He gets low too. He has that kind yeah. of speed to power where he can just get through guys, which I don't think we've seen. We haven't seen situations where strong can hit that second gear. I think right. Harris, when, when the backfield is a mess, I think Harris is a better runner than strong. I think like, so too. This, I agree. Yeah. Th- this might sound crazy on the surface, but the guy who Pierre strong reminds me of a little bit is LeGarrette Blunt. Not in size, but in that he needs that first couple steps. He needs that clear path to the second level. And if you give him that, he's a home run back. He can right. take anything to the house. But with the offensive line playing the way it is right now, he's you're never going to be able to tell what you're getting out of him. A hundred percent. And of course, different players, right? But like Blunt is the yeah. same way. Like it's so funny because people used to talk about Blunt as a bruising back. And, this, and I'm like, he is. But he's not one of those guys that's going to break three tackles in the backfield. He has to get no. through the line. He's not Corey Dillon. You know what I mean? Yeah. He certainly he's not going to. He's not going to stiff arm guys in the backfield. He needs momentum. And right. I think Strong does to a degree. I think Strong is also. 
he has history as his own runner. He's a guy that can go side to side, make that one cut, and that's all he needs. That'll get the step he needs, and he'll carry that momentum through. Yeah, but yeah, they're not. That's just not an option right now. Yeah. So Austin asked about is asking about the tight ends. We did mention Matt Sokol. I think Asi Asi. I just I don't see how I don't see how he possibly makes his team. Um, you know, now he's dealing with another injury. It just doesn't seem like he's going to make it. Uh, Maybe little Jordan they put Humphrey, him on IR so they can bring him back next year. Theoretically, but, but it's just kind of like, what are we even doing? Why do we even need him here? Just cut him. You know what I mean? At this point, like you're not going to get anything from him. So Sokol's a guy that that has done some good stuff. You know, seems like his blocking has been okay. He's he's shown me a little bit as a receiver. And like you said, special teams can kind of be that thing that gets you onto the roster, right? Little Jordan Humphrey theoretically could make it as a tight end. Um, I do think there's, there's a possibility there that he gets on the roster as a tight end slash wide receiver hybrid type player. Um, but really you have your, your main two tight ends and then it's just kind of like up in the air from there, right? Like you got Hunter, you got Janu. They're obviously on the team clearly. And then it's just kind of like, if they don't keep another tight end, I'm okay with them keeping two. I really am, right? I really am okay with it. Even if they feel like they can cut Sokol and get him back, I'm okay with that too, right? If he somehow ends up being that third tight end, however they do it. But um, I don't see any of them making, you know, even if it's Humphrey or Sokol, whoever it is, I don't see them, you know, making any sort of contribution, like significant contribution this year outside of being a blocking tight end. No depth rule, guys. I will say, like, I thought Hunter Henry mostly had a good game too when he played. Um, He got open. And I thought Mac did a good job of finding him. But that one play, that one third down catch he made, oh, where he gets God. the ball in space. And we both tweeted that the same exact thing, too. It's yeah. just you're looking at him in space, and it's how does he not yeah. get to the marker there? And that's where Sokol actually looked really good. They were dumping it off yeah. to him, and he was barreling over guys, picking up yards. Right. Uh, it's not going to be enough for him to make this roster, I don't think. But I'd like to see him on the practice squad. I, yeah. If you're going to do stuff with 12 personnel and those two tight ends, which if we're talking about two tight ends, I, again, I did not notice Johnny Smith on the field. No. Which in some respects, I think is an improvement from last year. (laughs) Which is is sad to say, right? But no, you're right. And I I am curious how they're going to use him and what they're going to do with him uh, this year. I do think he's involved significantly in the offense. I was happy to see, we go noticing people. I was happy to see Kendrick Bourne out there. Had a few nice catches mm-hmm. at that fourth down catch, which was nice. Yeah. So you know, some and of course Mac throws that interception that was intended for him, but that's just a bad throw on Mac's part. He's got to know that that guy's there. I know we can't see him because Isaiah wins there, but he's still got to be able to know that that guy's there. Um, it was still a pinpoint accurate throw. Got it right to the numbers of the linebacker. Yeah, yeah I know, right? So still a natural yeah, was, thrower uh, there. Yeah, it was not great. It was not great. So, but you know, I mean, listen, there's there's a long way to go, and again. Let's not freak out yet, okay? Let's everyone yeah. just just calm down. I know, I know it's looked bad. It has. It there, it's been there's been almost nothing good to take away. I would say the one positive would be the Jones brothers, Marcus and Jack Jones looked awesome tonight. Jack Jones really out good. there just laying the wood out there, just crushing oh, guys. Yeah. 
And I, what I liked from Jack Jones, too, he had one play. I don't know if it was a pass broken up or if he just kind of covered a guy down the sideline on third or fourth down. And after the play, he was kind of getting into it with the guy and celebrating. And so Uche come over and be like, hey, come back to the sideline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's but that's that's the type of player he is, man. And you see it all over his tape. Marcus Jones had another had one as well where he came into the backfield and or right at the line of scrimmage and dove in and had a tackle. So. You know, those are the types of things that, like, you see from them, and now you're getting these young corners that can play, right? And the question is, okay, now, and we haven't talked about this, and we talked about it a little bit last, you know, last time, but Sean Wade now, you know, was on the roster bubble and and might make the team, might not make the team, and he now he's dealing with an injury. So, you know, it's kind of that same situation now that Christian Wilkins is in where it's like, yeah, okay, maybe we want you to be on the team, but, like, they're not healthy. So, like, you can't put stuff on film. Now, Sean Wade practiced in a limited capacity, so you have to think that maybe he'll be able to come back to practice this week and, like, you know, be able to show the coaches something. But if he can't, that's going to be a problem moving forward, right? If he's not available, you can't keep him, right? And so um, that becomes an issue where, yeah, maybe they can stick him on the practice squad or maybe they can't or maybe they he ends up on IR. So, um you know, the these end of the roster guys, they have to be playing well. And the one other guy that I have to talk about is Trey Nixon. Uh it's it just it's not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. Had another drop on a long pass today. Uh right in his hands. I know the I know the defender's over. I know I get defenders all pass interference, fun. but doesn't if the matter. ball's hitting you in the face mask, you should be yep. catching it. Got to come down with it. You got to come down with it. I know he's grabbing. It doesn't matter. Like, catch the freaking ball. It's the same thing that happened in the end zone last week. And you just have to sit there and say, like, man, you, you, know, you got to do something. Now, the good news is I still think he can bring something. And the good news is he's going to get another year in the practice squad because no one's going to claim him when when they yeah. cut him. And, and yeah. he'll end up in the practice squad. And, you know, you, you get a chance to be in the NFL for another year. He'll get a little bit bigger, hope maybe a little bit even, maybe a little bit faster, and hopefully be able to put some of that stuff together. But, um, you know, I was hoping for a breakout from him, and that did not happen, unfortunately. No. Well, you talk about him on the practice squad. I think one interesting note that came out today is the Pats are working out Daz Newsom. Uh, yeah. Got drafted by the Bears. They're working him out on Sunday. And I don't know if he's better than Trey Nixon, but I think there's overlap, a lot of overlap there in play style. And Daz Newsom's a guy that plays special teams. He can be a punt returner. He can do a lot of stuff. He can be on kickoff coverage. He has, he's made plenty of tackles. Right. Um, so that could be, if they're looking for a guy in the practice squad, they may say, hey, we've had Nixon here for two years and we think he's decent, but we haven't seen the growth. So we're going to let him go somewhere else and we're going to pick up a different guy. Counterpoint, Daz Newsom was also cut by the Chicago Bears. Yeah, and that that alone is a terrible, so, terrible spot to be in. So, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, but but I th- I do think uh, going back to what you're saying about the corners, one of the battles that we hyped up for this game was Mitchell against Sean Wade. Sean right. Wade doesn't play, and I don't think Terrence Mitchell looked particularly good tonight. Sure didn't. Right. I think he yeah. looked fine. If he's your fifth corner, I think you're fine. But I'm in a spot where I play probably playing Marcus Jones and Jack Jones over. Mitchell, right, and I, I mean, I think I had quite. I thought coming into this game, I was thinking, all right, Jack Jones is probably going to be the team's fifth, sixth corner, however you want to do it, and he's going to be the one that's not active on game days this year because he's not going to give you something on special teams. And the way he played tonight, if he can hit like that, he can jump on rounds and give you something. 
he's not a JC Jackson as like a ball hawk, or at least not yet. But I think right. he can be a playmaker in the secondary. And if he can do that, if he's your fourth corner, I think you're going to see him active on game days. You're going to see him play 10, 15 snaps a game. You might take him over Wade and Mitchell at this point in the depth chart, depending yeah. on which one of those other two you decide to keep as your, your next guy up. No, and that's I agree 100%. So, so we'll see. But anyways, a lot of stuff going on. Um, so that's it. Preseason's over. Thank God. Preseason's finally over. Uh, it's been a rough one for the Patriots. It's been rough. It just has been. But keep the faith. Trust in Bill Belichick. I know people will sit there and tell you, oh, you know, Tom Brady's gone. Blah, blah, blah. No. Trust in Bill Belichick. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. I, you know, I do think they're going to be fine eventually. It doesn't look good right now, but I think they're going to be fine eventually, right? And like you said, once they cut the roster down a little bit, once it's the ones against the ones and it's the actual ones against the actual ones, I think you can start to put more things in. I think we're going to be okay. All right, be patient with this team. They're putting in a new offense. Things are changing. Here's the one silver lining for me, and, and you know, is that I really think, you know, last year they they really knocked the, the draft out of the park, right? You drafted a ton of good mm-hmm. players. You drafted Mack and Barmore and Stevenson, right? And, you know, McGrone looks okay. And so, you know, it's it, you're looking at it saying, okay, and Josh Bledsoe looks okay, right? So it's like now you're like, okay, we got some players. This year, I mean, my goodness, right? Cole Strange has looked pretty solid. Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, right? Tyquan Thornton, before he got hurt, looked really good. So, now all of a sudden you're saying, you know, and, and Kevin Harris and BR Strong are both look decent. So and undrafted have, guys too. And undrafted guys. Right, right. And that's you know, and, and I, so I thought Jason Hines looked good too when he played the guard. Yeah. yeah he looked all right. He, he had a few plays. Team. Yeah, he had a few yeah. plays where he was like, meh, but they all did, right? So it's like kind of hard to know, right? So Yeah, the offensive um, line is pick there's gonna be the five starters, pick three other guys. And that's really all it Probably comes down to, right? And that's four. I love Cody Russie. I like him a lot, but he's a center. Like, I don't know if he played nothing but center. He's just a backup center. And so do they have enough? Again, it becomes a question of, like, if it's, it, you know, if it's Demarcus Mitchell versus Cody Russi, how do you keep Cody Russi over Demarcus Mitchell? Like, the guy plays uh, are every you, Are you assuming teams, you know I mean? that James Ferentz is on this team? To Jesus Christ, I hope not. Like, I just, you know. Because somebody the, has to be the backup center. It's and that's the problem. Russi. Right, that's the problem. And so Ferentz at least gives you the flexibility to play guard as well. So instead of having to keep a guard and a tackle, a guard and a center, you get to just keep one guy, right? And so that's kind of that. That's kind of what Ferentz gives you, even though he's not great. He gives you that, um, you know, which is tough. And so it's like, or do you just say, okay, we're keeping Russie, and then we're going to, you know, work him at guard too, and, and you know, he'll learn it. He'll learn the position eventually or something like that. Yeah, I don't know if they, if they would be willing to do that, but who knows. So, But it is going to be interesting to see kind of who makes the roster. But I do think that, you know, with the draft picks and with the UDFAs this year, they really kind of knocked it out of the park, and they have a ton of young talent coming through. And I think that that's a it's good just, thing. I think they, they got a lot of guys who are decent or could be decent. Right. And now it's who can take the next step. I think Duggar's the guy you're looking for there. I think Barmore, for as much as we've heard about Barmore in training camp, he were, according to the reports I was reading, he had a really rough time in the Raiders camp, but I have not noticed him at all in the preseason. No, no, so, he hasn't, like he hasn't been that. disruptive, right? Hasn't been disruptive really at all. So you need that to carry that over. But I mean, if you're looking at one of those two guys, Mac, Rich, a couple of, if one of those three guys really can take the next step, or if all of those guys can be pro boulders this year, that's, 
that's what you're looking for out of that class to take the class from a B or B plus to an A. Right. hundred percent. I agree. So, so anyways, all right. Well, thanks for coming through. Appreciate it guys. Uh, thanks for, for listening and, and watching along as well. Uh, we'll be back Tuesday night. We will have a, uh, uh, a, a roster cut down special Tuesday at four o'clock. The Patriots have to get to um, have to get to fifty three. So we'll be we'll be on there sometime late afternoon on Tuesday. Uh, we'll be on the Pat's Pulpit feed, and then we'll release the podcast uh, Tuesday night at some time before everyone goes to bed. You know, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, somewhere around there. Um, you know, we'll do a quick breakdown of the fifty three man roster and, and kind of go from there. And you know, there's a possibility there'll be some trades. There's a possibility some other things will happen uh, before that point. So. Um, so anyway, so we'll talk to you then. And, uh, the preseason is finally over. So let's just, let's just all have, let's keep some faith and, uh, you know, and get ready for September 11th.